many times it happens. If I tell the guy, hey, man, have a good day. I don't want to fight you. That guy's going to walk out. It's like, I went in that gym. Right. That big dude is just, you know, yeah. just talks and he's scared. Yeah. And, you know, so all my students I could see behind them, like, please, please, you know. So I just, I was like, do you have them off guard? You know, he's like, no, I don't have them off guard. I don't need it. That's for girls, you know, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and I was like, okay. So, you know, I told him, put gloves on, sign a waiver. And we just get on the cage. And, you know, first the guy's just swinging at me. And I just, you know, blocking. I, yeah. I could see like from miles away because he, all he had was some type of rage. You know, right. something that, and a lot of times that's what people need in martial arts. They need to hit the bag. You know, yeah, they need yeah. to get beat up a little bit in a humble way. Right. You know, so they let that out and they finally realize, like, man, I'm messed up. I need this in my life. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Here for the Health of It. I'm Dr. Randy Kloss here with Dr. Tom Stetson. We are Columbia's hottest and fastest growing podcast. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Um, and we have a great guest today. We have Gibson Saw, who is a three-time jiu-jitsu world champion. Um, third degree black belt and amazingly lives in Columbia, South Carolina. In fact, I've had multiple people say to me, you got to get this guy on the podcast. He's a world champion. He's elite, but he lives in Columbia, South Carolina. And it's amazing that you kind of hold your edge and you compete at such a high level, but not being in this a major city. Um, and I, I went to one, I did one private lesson with you. And I've never felt so helpless in my whole entire life. <laughs> and I was telling you, I used to play hockey all the time and I get in fights there and I was pretty good fighting in hockey. Uh, but when we got on the mat, I didn't know anything. And I was <laughs> even just getting close. I felt nervous. <laughs> I was scared. I, and you know, you know, the feeling of being intimidated. Um, there's, there's that, which I think a lot of people feel, um, you know, maybe if you're doing something new, but even just in this, we were talking about in the world now with so many people knowing MMA, it used to be back in the day, you could pick a fight with someone and you guys would both just fight. Now you don't know who knows what, and you just don't pick a fight with anybody because a person could be unassuming and they could, they could know a lot. So anyway, Gibson, thank you for being on the podcast. Appreciate it. Thank you guys for having me. Also, thank you. Thank you so much for taking care of my health, you know? Definitely feeling a lot better. That, so, um, yeah, that's cool. Well, maybe tell us about that. Give it, let's start with that then. Where where were you at and what have you been doing here? Um, well, I've been uh, on the treatment here, I think, for eight, eight weeks, eight nine weeks, weeks now. Um, you know, I've, I've always had bad problems with my lower back. Um, I've looked for treatment. Um, most of the doctors recommended surgery. Um, I've been having a lot of problems with my mobility. Um, so I've been doing pretty much the whole nine yards, you know, so I've been doing decompression, laser treatment, um, adjustments. Um, so it's been really, really helpful. Um, I feel like my posture is a little bit better, like a little, I was talking to you guys a little bit earlier. Um, some of my friends noticed that, um, which is pretty rewarding, you know, and just not, not being pain all the time. It's been very helpful. I've been practicing jujitsu for over 25 years now, consistently, um, competing for over 18 years, Every year, non-stop, in an average of one competition per month. Um, some Sometimes I've competed twice in the same weekend. Sometimes I've competed in four different states on the same month, you know. Wow. So it started catching up to me. But um, as far as my injuries on my, my back, um, my hips and everything, I feel the best in the past five, six, seven years, you know. Wow. So without any medication, you know, I don't take anything. Um, I try to 
try to be as natural as possible. Um, I take a little supplements here and there, but nothing that's out of control, you know. So um, it's pretty, for me, it's pretty rewarding, you know, to be able to train and do well. This weekend I've, I've competed in Florida, um, felt really good, you know, just made a technical mistake, which cost me the match, but um, just right back into training today, last, last Monday already. Train hard today and here, you know, just finish a, a hard, two hard training sessions and came came to okay. to build the podcast with you guys. That's and, awesome. And no chiro- no chiropractors were recommended to you by the medical doctors before? Or, or what stopped you from doing it um, beforehand? They recommended uh, surgery immediately just mm-hmm. because they said it was very <clears throat> severe injury. I had a bulge disc that was uh, affecting a nerve that was, you know, affecting my mobility of my legs and, you know, digestion system and all that stuff. Um, and I neglected that because at the time I didn't have uh, health insurance and the cost of the surgery was humongous, you know, mm-hmm. and for everything that I do, anytime that I need the surgery, unless it's an emergency surgery, um, I try to talk to people that have the same experience and the majority of my friends that do jujitsu, which is something that we use our spine a lot, they never got the mobility back or if they got their surgery, they have to redo the surgery or, you know, it never really solved the problems. And that's one thing that I try to avoid the most to, you know, surgery is something that that's kind of um, weird. You know, you yeah. never know if it really is going to work. So we talk to you guys and, you know, I I feel like I won't I won't need that for a while. So, yeah, um, it's it's very rewarding, you know, to to be able to move and not having so much pain. I mean, normally I would be sitting like this and I would have sciatic pain. I'll have, you know, discomfort. So I'm pretty, pretty just in right now. Exciting. Nice. Yeah. What? And it's been only eight weeks, you know, like for the, we, I talked to your wife a lot about Dr. Allison, um, because all these years that I put up to, it's going to take time for me to be able to get everything back. But I definitely can feel a few difference. Mm-hmm. My mobility is a lot better. The only people that don't like those are my opponents and my training partners. <laughs> um, you know, I'm getting old, but I'm still able to move pretty well. So, so and now that you've been through this, are you coming across people who are skeptical about chiropractic or you're telling them, hey, I've had these incredible results. Why don't you try it? I think it's the, the procedure that you guys do. It's a little bit different. I've never really been to chiropractors, but a lot of times, you know, when you relate the chiropractor um, to the popping and cracking and, you know, snapping. Yeah. I do that every day in training. I don't, <laughs> I don't think I need that, you know, but... I always heard about the decompression. I heard about the the, the adjustments. I, I heard about the lasers, but I never really had the trust, you know, until you invited me, which is it's pretty weird because some people, a lot of times people give me all the formula to be the best in the world. They tell me, what should I eat? What should I work out? And, you know, this and that, but you never really see them doing yeah. that. So yeah. um, we, we have good friends, we have friends uh, in common. And uh, James actually told me, Jimmy told me, he's like, go check him out. You know, he's, he runs something very professional, very serious. And, you know, since day one, I felt very comfortable to be put my body on you guys' hands. Yeah. You know? um, I, we do that in jiu-jitsu. Normally, we trust ourselves into our training partners. You know, there's a lot of techniques and positions that, you know, we can pretty much disable ourselves for, for a while. So, um you know, it's kind of hard for me to allow somebody to just right. um, voluntarily take care of my body, you know, but it's, it's been paying off, you know, it's been, it's been awesome. So I can only thank you guys for that. 
I remember when my wife, when my wife first started seeing you, she's like, I don't, I'm going to have to work out a little bit more because he's really big. Uh, but it's been, she said, it's been great. You're, you're a really humble guy, really focused guy. And it seems like you just want to be the best, the absolute best you could be. I, I don't like to be second place. You know, that's something that I've, I've done everything. Um, you know, it's, it gets harder because now, you know, Throughout my first 10 years competing, I, the only responsibility that I had was myself, you know. Now I have a business, I have a family, I have a wife, you know, I have students that look up to me, I have kids that I have to teach and guide them through, you know, I have to take care of problems that are not even my problems because I'm there to help, you know. Um, so in all those things that I do, the business, you know, like, Thankfully, we are, I feel like we are the best around, you know, and, and that's something that I put on my mind since day one, wanted for us to be the best, you know, I, I, I joke with my wife sometimes, I consider myself a good husband, you know, like I try to be a good husband, try to be a good, good father, you know, yeah. good competitor, um, and I get pretty frustrated if I'm unable to fulfill that, and I know it's impossible, but if you try for the best, you're gonna fall pretty close, we usually say, uh, you got to be at least at the podium, you know, top three, you know. Yeah. So if, you, uh, if you're able to be on the top three, you should be okay. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, now, growing up, you grew up in Brazil, correct? I grew up in Brazil, yeah. And tell us a little bit about that because your dad was an elite. Um, what was his, his uh, and like a third degree, I don't know the lingo, black yeah. belt? My, I'm a third degree black belt now, which it takes for you to be a third degree black belt nine years. This year, I'm getting my fourth degree in Brazil, which will be 14 years of black belt. Wow. My father is actually a red belt. So the red belt, it's uh, 51 years after your black belt. 51 years Correct. after your, after black, your belt. black belt. I've so, never even heard of a red belt right. before. <laughs> Some people don't make it to blue belts. You know, the blue belts normally one, two, three years, depending on yeah. your consistency, depending on the system that you could use. Um Normally, I mean, it, it used to be very, very rare to see a red belt. And my father passed. I think there was only 22 in the world, you know, throughout the whole history. That's remarkable. Um, there's more now because the time goes by and, you know, the, right. the, the guys, they stick around, they get those ranks. Um, but my father was a pioneer in our state. He was the first, not one of the first guys, but he was the guy that pretty much spread jujitsu throughout the state. My father wow. used to have a little uh, Volkswagen van. <laughs> he put a ring inside of it. It would go to parks you know just open parks bring his students and he'll challenge like any guys for any martial arts at the time so like kung fu capoeira muay thai kickboxing and that to promote jiu-jitsu so he put he'll test his students he also shows the 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 speciality of jiu-jitsu yeah. to be able to control any other martial arts and he would promote the gym you know so yeah it's pretty much a a good idea you know my dad was very uh very good uh entrepreneur you know yeah. um so he'd get 20 guys 20 20 guys or he feel like they're just and then prepared he would also want to give them a sense that they know what they're doing without having to street fight so a lot of guys you know they're like well i'm training for all this now i feel like i need to fight so he's like okay you want to fight so we're going to take you to this park and everything at the time it was no laws you know no no rules they avoid that <laughs> that would um stop that but it wasn't something that was you know cannibal they would right you know at, at some point when somebody gives up or tap or get a submission or knockout they would stop pretty much have rules but 
anything that anybody from other martial arts would want it to do, they allow it to. So at the time it was like hair grabbing, no you know, kidding. eye poking, kick on the lower parts and you know, some wow. of those guys bite, you know, like some of the martial arts, their, you know, their idea is to be able to stop their their opponents as, as fast as they can. Yeah. A lot of them, it's kind of fake. So jujitsu at the time, Helio Gracie did that in Rio. You know, my father did that in Ceará. So was, at some, some fights, um, there was a venue I fought in Brazil. It's called uh, uh, Paulo Sarazati. There was a... I did my MMA debut in there. There was 8,000 people and I felt like a, like a stadium, you know? Yeah. So the UFC went there a few years after they did a, they fill out the venue with 12,000 people in 88, my dad put 20,000 people in that venue. So even the UFC That's were wild. unable to put as many people in that. The reason was it's because people were interested to know what's this jujitsu stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. People see guys with a gi right. nice and clean. They don't look too aggressive. They look usually right. very humble, nice guys, respectful. They beat the crap out of you, you know? So um, it was impressive because, you know, you see all these guys on TV doing karate, right. doing right. kung fu, doing boxing. So usually the score was 16-0, you know, wow. 20-0 with all the martial arts. And you would respectfully walk into places. Because in Brazil, there was a lot of rivalry in between martial arts. So it was normal for you to have a class going on and the Kung Fu team shows up at your door. We want to see what this is about. No and kidding. they'll just, you know, you get your best guys and they get the best guys and you go at it. So just fi- like you guys would literally just mix. It doesn't matter what somebody shows up, a boxer, a any, and you guys Correct. would just go at it. I used to have the mentality now, like, you know, it happened at my gym, like me teaching class and guys yeah. walking in, try to, I heard about you and I want to test you. And I'm like, what? <laughs> so the guy is like, you know, yeah. Like, you know, I was like, does this to exist? People really want to yeah, try yeah. people walk on their gyms. I get excited. You know, a few <laughs> times it happened. Um, it was actually fun. But yeah, tell us, up, tell us that up. story. Don't skip over that. What, what, I grew up what? with the mentality. You know, if you, if somebody comes to your turf and they want to test you, you have to be prepared. Yeah. And, you know, I was, it was actually a funny story. It happened quite a few times. The last one that happened was actually pretty funny because I think I matured a little bit more. So I wasn't as aggressive as somebody walking my gym or my, you know, when it was in my gym was just my father's, my brother's gym. I'm the soldier, you know, I'm supposed to defend that turf. So many times when guys walk in, it was immediately, <laughs> what do you want? You know, and just jump in and go at it. But as a gym owner, you know, I, you know, I matured more. I'm a father now. So <laughs> this was a Saturday and we were rolling. Um, we had the open mat on Saturday. So Saturdays pretty much you go at it. You know, some guys, they take the whole week off and they come on Saturday just to take advantage of the guys there. We're tired, you know. Mm-hmm. So I was maybe eight, seven rounds already and six minute rounds, you know. So it's 40 minutes of wedding in. We're, we're going to do three more. This guy walked in. Big dude, you know, um, little looking like a little shave cut, like a military yeah, cut, yeah. you know, you know, like look tough, tattoos all over. And I was, I'll be right with you. So one of my students, I was like, could you help that guy, please? So the guy went in and talked to him and comes in with me, like my student comes back to me with eyes like this. And he's like, um, he's here to fight you. I was like... <laughs> he's here to fight me like what do you mean he's here to roll and he came late for open match sign him a waiver and he can come in does he have a gi he's like no 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 he wants to fight you i was wow. like well, what do you mean he wants to fight me so 
my oldest student, black belt, goes in and he's like, I was like, please go tell this guy, like, you know, this is not a fight, yeah, this is yeah. open mat. So my student, black belt, comes in and he's like, no, no, no. He said he's going to beat you up. And I think you really should beat him up. So I, <laughs> you know, because what I told, I was like, the guy is really cocky, you know, but I went there and I was like, hey, man, how are you? And he's like, oh, how are you? You know, I deployed and, you know, I've been around for a long time. And I've been around these gyms and I just can't find somebody to challenge me. And, you know, you know, man, it's it's about being challenged every day. And, you know, nobody beats the crap out of me. I was like, well, it's not really my job. I can teach you. He's like, no, no, no. I heard you, the guy around and I wanted to spar you. And, you know, I see you got a cage. And I was, I mean, I was surprised, you know. Yeah. But at the same time, many times it happens. If I tell the guy, hey, man, have a good day. I don't want to fight you. That guy's going to walk out. It's like, I went in that gym. Right. That big dude, he just, you know, yeah. just talks and he's scared. Yeah. And, you know, so all my students I could see behind him. Like, please, please, you know. So I just, I was like, do you have him off guard? You know, he's like, no, I don't have him off guard. I don't need it. That's for girls, you know, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and I was like, okay. So, you know, I told him, put gloves on, sign a waiver. And we just get on the cage. And, you know, first the guy's just swinging at me. And I just... You know, blocking. I, yeah. I could see like from miles away because he, he, all he had was some type of rage. You know, right. something that, and a lot of times that's what people need in martial arts. They need to hit the bag. You know, yeah, they need yeah. to get beat up a little bit in a humble way. Right. You know, so they let that out and they finally realize like, man, I'm messed up. I need this in my life. You know, so I kind of start tuning him up a little bit, and that was super nice. I, I, I knock him down three, four times with just body shots, which I love to do. You know, it's <laughs> Doesn't like so you are kick you up throwing? Up? Yeah, are you throwing fists? Yeah, it's oh, boxing, you are. You're boxing, yeah. okay. So I told him you can throw whatever you want. You do whatever. I was just literally just getting distance and you know, yeah. like, turn him up on the body and so you just punch three, him four, straight in the chest yeah. or something. Like, like I mean, ribs, liver, you yeah. know, like oh. so. It's those, those are some of the worst punches <laughs> because there's no physical looking like of the damage, right. but I mean, it, it's it hurts me thinking right now <laughs> because I've been hit before. <laughs> kind of takes your breath out of you you yeah. know it's it's hard to recompose from that and it's demoralizing you know yeah. a punch in the face a lot of times people get hit they get really mad and they react faster they react harder the adrenaline right. hit them. a punch on the body like they get hit and they breathe for one two seconds and everything collapses yeah. contracts you know um so he did got like really pretty tuned up and you know i kind of said that I, I was all my students were like man you should, good job you know i was like guys look this guy, like, he's not a guy that, like, I'm happy to beat him up. He's right. He truly has problems. Somebody to walk in a place to get beat up, it's not a, it's sure. not a healthy thing, you know. <laughs> um, I've done that. I've, I walk in boxing places, a nice bar of professional boxers, heavyweights, you know, and I've, I've got concussions before doing that. Um, but it was my ego, you know. I was like, yeah. if I'm going to fight MMA fight, I got a few. How does a heavyweight feel? Yeah. It wasn't me challenging him, you know. After that, after getting my butt kicked, I shook the guy's hands, you know, and we just move on. Yeah, you know? yeah. One of the things that martial arts teach you the most is humility. You know, like I don't, I don't think I'm humble because I'm a humble person. I think martial arts did that to mm -hmm. me. You know, with time, I understood that I can get beat. You know, yeah. I can get, I can get down anytime. You know, like this week, for example, it was, it was very, very humbling experience for me because i felt great you know and i told my students last week i was like something's wrong because i feel amazing like i feel strong i feel healthy i feel mobile 
you know, like on the venue, I was waiting for the adrenaline to really hit me. It didn't hit me. And a, a little technical mistake that I made, I lost the match. And from then on, like one of the things that we talked about all the time, we measure our progress on the medal. So I came without the medal. I'm a failure. I suck and I'm never going to be good at this, you know, but I know that's part of the process. Yeah. But I also know that I should have made that mistake. You sure. know? So it, I couldn't have a choice of coming back Monday and just go sit down, go eat, grab back to eat junk food. And maybe next year I'll try it again. But I already started my training for Worlds in five months, you know. Wow. So I'm going to Brazil, spend a month in Brazil. And mostly I was planning on going for family, you know, seeing everybody, hang out. I already contacted all my friends that do training and, you know, have special training sessions for me to fit on the yeah. training because I want to train. I was like, and then my wife is like, you're never going to get tired. Huh? I was like, until I get that other gold medal, you know, like, yeah, I, that's one of the, I've won Pan Ams twice in Ogi. And I've got second twice um, in gi. I haven't got the gold in gi yet, so that's that's what you're shooting for. Personal thing. It's yeah. it's it really is. You asked me to bring the medals, and I completely forgot. I have my medals. We weighed out there was 65 pounds of medals, and it really goes in the two boxes, and it stays in. Like people ask to put that's at the gym. So many medals. <laughs> people ask. To hey, put can at you the move gym. my medals? No, I can't lift, can't them. lift them. People ask me to move it, like, put at the gym and everything, but. One of the reasons that I don't put is also like hard to find space, but I also wanted that place for be for people to shine. You know, like my shine goes like like I said, it goes the metal goes to a box, and I want to think about the next one. Yeah. If you go in every day and you look at the medals, which is good for you to kind of be proud of yourself, but don't be too proud because when you're looking at those, you're like, I'm done. Yeah. I'm good. You know, I uh, I've seen guys that are 72 years old competing. I've seen ladies no that are 80 years old competing, like 75. And I was like, look, guys, that's my goal right there. That's awesome. Like, just be able to do this, you know? Yeah. Um, hope they'll pay the bills, and that's all you need. Yeah. What? So what, what? what's that mentality like? Like, what was the technical thing that you, like, did you know in the moment when you're competing that you, you made the wrong move? And then when you come back Monday, are you just doing reps on? It... <sighs> On this one particularly, there's nothing I could drill to make it better. Oh, there really? was a, a, I was ahead on points. I was two points ahead of my opponent, and I have a choke. It's called a clock choke, which you usually walk around their head, you know, choking them out. When they're total position, so pretty much they're on their elbows on their knees, you know. So the guy fell down, and I fell on a pin position, pretty much a wrestling pin position, chest on chest. Yeah. So I went on what we call north south, like head towards his legs, his leg towards my head. And I'm on top of him, and I literally have 10, 15 seconds. So the guy inverted with the legs over my back and were able to put the two legs around my, my legs. So it was something that normally it's one of my favorite positions to stabilize yeah. and keep the guy there or even submit him. And I don't know if it was a moment of distraction when I look at the clock and I'm like 10 seconds in, I'm good. Yeah. And, you know, we talked That's about nice. that all the time. It's, you know, it's only over when it's over. One really. little thing, yeah. I've I'm lost saying. matches like that before where I was beating my opponents and literally like two seconds to the end, I standing, you know, kind of off the edge on the mats and the guy takes me down like right, right on the inside of the mat. So it's Jeez. count points and, you know, yeah, it's, uh, I think about jujitsu, I compare a lot to the Olympics and jujitsu is uh, easier for a reason. 
every year we get a chance. In the Olympics, you got to wait four years. Right. So one of the things that I'm kind of glad that I'm, it's only going to take 365 days. For those guys, you know, it's what? Right. 1,200 days, yeah. you know? So I don't, I don't, I don't want to wait that right. much, 400-some days, you know? And then what brought you to Colombia? So you mentioned you grew up in Brazil and, and and I guess talk to us like when your dad started training you and then how you ended up and landed in Colombia. He just threw did he just throw you in with what group of twenty <laughs> yeah, I got some yeah. friends here. Go fight them. I uh, I've my father was actually very help, uh wealthy in Brazil at the time, you know, jujitsu gave him a, like a good uh, monetary situation, you know. I've grew up very, very wealth you know like i had everything yeah, that i needed nice. my father had good houses good cars and you know big gym he was probably up to today the guy that taught the most people in brazil i mean not in brazil but in my state in brazil um because he has taught the military feds you know like police wow. military police and at the time it was so much um support for those things he was a great teacher um my on the 90s, he had taught over 25,000 people, you know, Jeez. so that's like way more than, remarkable. than I've done, you know. Um, so it was a, there was a situation in Brazil that the economy completely collapsed. My dad had at the time like 23 bank accounts and he zeroed everything. No way. In 94, Brazil, uh, Fernando Colo um, pretty much killed everything. We, we ended up going to live in a rental, you know, like... Um, very, very rough. So my second brother, my third brother, actually, because uh, we're of the second marriage. I'm, I'm from the second marriage of my father. Um, he already born in a situation that we are struggling for money. You know, for, from then on, um, it pretty much it sucked. You know, like we, we grew up in a neighborhood where it was very poor. I grew up around crime. You know, a lot of my friends, um, you know, were arrested. Some of them died. You know, some of them wow. were stealing drugs. You know, so I'm very, very... Um, rough neighborhood. Um, at 12 years old, I seen a lady getting assassinated in front of me, um, like stabbed with a, a screwdriver, you know, um, pretty, pretty rough for a kid to see it, but Holy cows. Um, you know, I've always worked with like, uh, um, different jobs, you know, washing cars and, you know, kind of like one of the things I like to do is try to make my own money on my own since, since as a kid. Yeah. Yeah. Sick, since like 16 years old, I never asked my mom or my dad for money. I always had my phone, always had my, my things, you know. Yeah. Um, there's times I work like 4 a.m., 5 a.m. in a ice machine, like a icing yeah. uh, factory. So they'll make ice and we have to break the little, the huge bricks of ice in little, small. little yeah. small pieces, put on the bags. And then we have to deliver to ice companies like uh, they have boats and stuff. My mom would never know. So I'd come back with like 15, 20, 20 bucks, which at the time was a lot. Yeah, know? yeah. Um, so I've always had the dream to come to U.S. because my older brother he has traveled. He had a better life situation because of jujitsu, you know, like uh, living in a better neighborhood and everything and always talked about the U.S., you know, like how things here were easy. I remember my first gift he gave me from U.S. was an Iron Man watch. That was a stolen guy came to me, put a gun around my face and stole my watch. No way. So that's one of the things that like, you know, highlight of my life because I never, I never forget getting that watch and he's telling me like, this is an American watch. Be careful you walk to. Right. And I was so proud of the watch that like I, I hid the watch and I talked to school, went to show my friends. And when I left the school, I forgot that I had on the, on the wrist. I just walking. 
the guy like, hey kid, he just literally put like a 38 on my, <laughs> on my neck. I felt the cold, you know? Um, those things, like it's hard, so hard to explain because it's out of people's reality, you know? Like sure. as, a, as a 14 year old, 12 year old kid, you know, I've seen, I've seen a lot of things that, that were hard, that was, you know, um, definitely traumatic, I guess, but they also prepared me to, for what I am and yeah. what I did, you know, like, so uh, I started winning pretty much every, I was major tournament, so every belt, so blue belt, purple belt, brown belt. When I got my brown belt, me and my, me and my wife, we, uh, we've been together for a while. We we're dating for a while together, but it, she's my crush since like fifth grade, you know, so. Wow. Yeah, we're, awesome. we start dating and, you know, I told she worked extremely hard. I trained really hard, but there was no monetary uh, ways for me to survive through jujitsu. you know. Right. I have plenty of sponsors, but those sponsors are like very, very small amounts. And, you know, like for me to be able to live and, you know, I didn't see a way for me to do that in Brazil. <clears throat> and in Brazil, for you to teach um, Brazilian jiu-jitsu, you need a physical education degree, you know, uh-huh. so... You have to pass the vestibular, which is the pretty much the ESA, like the course that you yeah, have to go yeah. to college. Um, so I passed that, and we pretty much sat down with the two options: like I'll go to US and I'm gonna compete a couple of tournaments, see if I like it. Yeah. And then if for some reason you know I want to stay, then I'll stay, and we figure things out. And I end up when I came, I end up having a opportunity to go to Florida, where one of my former friends were there. And he was, uh, he was teaching and he told me, look, I have a great life here, man. I got two cars, you know, I got a house, you know, all this stuff. And if you want to come here, just uh, come up and you can take care of it. My wife, she couldn't get a visa, so I'm going to come back to Brazil and you can take, stay here. Just take care of your stuff, you know. But it was kind of like a, it was a, how you call it, like a trap Oh, really? Because the guy, when he invited me, um, I was pretty much working for him while the guy that owns the gym sent him the money. And when I mm-hmm. went to ask the guy, I was like, hey, man, my payment, you know, and the guy's like, you're just living here. I gave you a house to live and you're going to teach wow. like almost like a slave. No way. Yeah, yeah. So I have a friend that was fighting the UFC and uh, he told me, he's like, I know that guy, you know, you're going to get out of that situation right now. You're not, not a guy to trust. You got to get out there and I'm going to pick you up. So we went to Syracuse, New York. Yeah. From Florida, Daytona, Florida to Syracuse, New York, which was the gym. That was a karate gym that have a franchises and had one here. So when I came to in do, Columbia. Yeah. So I stayed oh. two years in Syracuse. So I was invited to teach a seminar here. And man, the weather compared to Syracuse right. is amazing. Mm-hmm. Right. And right away, I related to the way that people were. That reminds me a lot of the Northeast of Brazil, where I'm from. Hmm. Like we say that the Northeast of Brazil is the South of US and right. vice versa. Because people are very welcoming. People yeah. are like the first day I thought it was, we moved, when we moved from Syracuse to, I'll never forget, from Syracuse to Colombia, we had an apartment down Harveston. And we're walking with my dog and literally eight, 10 people. Good morning. We're like, good morning. We're leaving New York, you know? So right. it's like for you to get a good morning, it's right. very hard. You get those. Hey, how are you? How are you? And we're like, wow, people here are so friendly. Yeah. You know? And as time went, it just, you know, I travel all over like U.S. And I was actually talking to some of my friends that were Brazil, that are Brazilians in Florida. And it's my favorite place to live. Yeah, I, I, really? I have opportunities like 
to make a really, really good amount of money and, you know, just not worry about for a long time. Yeah. And I was like, I want to be here. I just, I found the people That's that awesome. I truly love, you know, I found a, found a place that I feel comfortable. I, you know, I align with a lot of the people's mentality here of work hard, yeah. not depend on things and, you know, just, just grinders, you know, yeah. and humble, um, yeah. fearful of God people, you know, um, people that like to help each other, people that are up for the community, people that are prepared um, to defend themselves, you know, right. people that are um, hard workers, you know. They're a little bit slow, yeah. where things slow, and which yeah. I like it too, you know. We, sure. we go to places a lot of times and people are too, too busy and too connected right. to things that they, that sometimes don't really matter. Sometimes they're too rushing to get money and they forget about their, their families, you know. I, I like the gatherings, you know, I like the barbecues, I like the, you know, when people, yeah. when you go to a restaurant, you know, I went to get a drink now at the gas station. I had a five-minute conversation with the cashier. <laughs> hey, what are you, like, you do kickboxing? I was like, oh, you know, and this is cool. You know, it yeah, doesn't happen yeah. too often. In, in my state, it's even more. Like, I went to Brazil now, and I was like, guys, I am good. Like, people are like, is everything okay? You know, here's for you. People gifting me stuff. Yeah. Where, I, where I went with the mentality, I was like, man, I could never afford to give a good time to my friends. Every time I was a poor guy and all my friends paying for me right. to go somewhere, buy me lunch, buy me this, buy me that. I was like, guys, I won't do that for you. And everybody's like, dude, you're the broke guy. Shut <laughs> up. You know, like, so it's pretty, pretty rewarding, you know, kind of looking back to, to see all that. And I, I would not trade Colombia for anywhere else. That's awesome. That's cool. And then, home. and then you opened your gym just so, so we can shout out your gym. It's Spartan Academy. Spartan right? Academy. And that's shows. over... It's on Bush River. Bush River Road. 3510 Bush River. Nice. We're um, close on the Irmo side of Columbia. Yep. Um, Seven Oaks area, which this year we're going to be turning 10 years. It's pretty wow. crazy. Wow. Sweet. Um, we had uh, the situation where I was at the other gym was in a very good situation for me because they have different uh, martial arts. They have karate. That's the main main business. And the mentality that they have for jiu-jitsu is a little bit different than what I wanted to do. And that's what I ended up pretty much going my ways. And it's the best thing that I did um, because I was finally able to do what I've learned from my father, what I learned from my brother. And I've adapted a lot of things to myself with yeah. my experience, you know. Um, we've had world champions, national champions, um, Pan American champions. We had guys that competed um, outside of the country in kickboxing, Muay Thai. We've had several guys now that are competing on the local circuits and doing really well. And some undefeated, some of them with a few losses, but representing really well. You know, my um, I have over eight or nine black belts now at our gym. Women, you nice. know, guys. Um, one of our our girls, Jazz, she got set third place now at Pan Ams. Um, she's been competing, training for a long time. Yeah. You know? So it's and besides all that, the people that are in our gym, they become better people after that. Right. It's kind of the situation I was yeah. telling you about the guy. Sometimes people need to sweat. Sometimes they go to hockey, they need to get punched and punch people in the face. You know, I don't <laughs> recommend people punch, and punch people in the face. I like to. And if it's a common agreement, if it's a mutual agreement, if we like to, then it's great. But we got bags for those. You know, we got, right. got jujitsu for that. The, the great thing about jujitsu, um, I've trained with people that I don't like. Like they don't yeah. necessarily like them. And we go at it like trying to kill each other for an hour. Yeah. But we don't kill each other. 
And after that, most of the times we hug each other. It's like, man, I'm sorry. I'm so dumb, you know. Most of the times when you're training, you forget everything else. There's nothing else that bothers you. I don't care if you're, you're rent late. I don't care if you're hungry. I don't care if you fought your wife. Man, like, it just disappears, yeah. you know. I've do, I like to strike and I like to grapple. And to me, it's pretty much the same for both. Like mm-hmm. I work out, I lift, I run, I you know, I, I like to ride a bike. But usually on those, I have to have my music to then focus on the music. In jiu-jitsu, it's, it's consistently you thinking about things. The like the guy's grabbing that, my yeah. neck, I'm breaking the neck, he's going for my leg, he's going for my arm, he's going, you know, so it's, right. it's high pace. You know, sometimes I finish training, my heart is like, just relax, because there's so many thoughts on your mind. You know, what if he did this? Oh, you escape a submission. You're like, man, I almost died right now. And then you <laughs> go for something else and get the guy. He escapes. It, it's fun. You know, just it's a lot of thinking. Yes. Yeah. A lot of it. it. We call it the human chess, you know. Yeah. For example, the mistake I've made of allowing the little inch of the guy moving and taking my bag, it cost me the match. Right. You know? And so crazy. The the next couple matches, I I felt very confident against my game against my opponents. So because I lost the first match to the guy, I didn't have a chance to fight guys that possibly could win. Right. You know? Not right. say I couldn't win. I won, but I could have won. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. And that guy's game doesn't match with those opponents so much. You know what I'm saying? So it really is like strategy. You yeah, know? Like yeah. Sometimes I I fake, even that, like I was telling one of my friends, he had the tape on his foot and the opponent went right away with his foot, attacked that foot. I was like, man, what are you doing? He's like, what? You know, I was like, he's like, you were a black belt. Right. And I said, uh, should have taped the other foot or both foot <laughs> yes. right. or both wrists. Right. You know, don't, don't tape the don't foot tape at all. One. So it's even that, too. you know, like I usually like I look at my opponents, I x-ray them. You know, I go yeah, from yeah. foot to like wrist to neck, you know, whatever I can find the, the weakness or yeah. something that, you know, not that I'm going to look for injuries, but a lot of times, you know, you see a guy that, Foot this big, you're not gonna take a foot lock on that guy. You know what I'm saying? But the guy's got a neck that's not so big. That's what I was wondering. So strong, you know. Yeah, I was wondering what body features do you do, are good for jujitsu? Like you have a nice thick neck, is like strong hands or forearms. Like what are what are you looking for the, there? The or does it think about it? It's it doesn't really matter. Really, because each body type will play a different type of game. For example, I'm a long, like long guy, so I like to use my arms to choke, and I like to use my legs to choke. You know, so I usually keep people off distance, and when they get close, I do get chokes. Gotcha. Those like those chokes, a lot of times I have to create a very good angle for them to be tight enough. For example, yeah. if I get a guy that's really big and I get my chokes on them, it's gonna be easier to submit them. If I get somebody that's much smaller, they're going to be wiggling around my arms. Right, right. So for their game, they're, if they lock a rear naked choke, a guillotine, sure. or, or arm triangle choke on you, because their arms are so small, they have so much more compression, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. So I've I've lost for guys that are half of my size, you know? Wow. Um, not submission, but by points. Just playing the, the yeah. right game, you know? And that's that's the idea of jiu-jitsu is someone smaller be able to beat someone that is bigger, interesting you know? yeah i've i've beat guys they're three plus 325 345 375 yeah, 385 so. by weighing 220 215 you know um that's a lot of a strategy you know so right you gotta have a, a clear mind and that's that's one of the things that i felt like on my last competition i was too worried about how i was gonna feel for the next match 
I was surprised how I was feeling good. My grips, I was, I was told, telling my friends, I was like, my grips will wear, wear out after this match. And the whole match I was waiting, I was like, it didn't wear out, you know? Yeah, yeah. So it's just a lot of times it's self-doubt. I haven't competed, I think it was four months. So for me, it's like, it's a long time without competing. I yeah. felt like the adrenaline a little bit, you know, but then I feel like the main thing was the strategic, you know? If there was anything, I should have just let the guy go and step back. You know, even if I get a penalty, I would still win the, the match. So Right. That's the thing is, you have one chance, and after that, you're going to have a thousand solutions for the problems, you know? Mm -hmm. I, I want to shout out your gym a little bit more, too. We kind of touched on it, but the very first time I ever went to a mixed martial arts or a fighting thing, it was in Thailand on our honeymoon. Actually, what were you doing? There? I and but I was in Thailand, so I wanted to do Muay Thai. So I went there. I'd wake up at six, and they had like a three hours in the morning, three hours in the night. But they would just they would just kick me and beat me so hard, <laughs> and they would call me a lady boy. Like they would punch me in the head and call me lady boy, and I was like, this is the this is just terrible. I and am... I would come home. I was scraped up and I was injured. So then before I was coming to see you, my wife was looking at me kind of like with her eyes big, like, don't make this another thing where you come home and you can't move your arms and your shoulder. Uh, but I feel like you walk, like you take beginners and you walk them through properly. Like a, a person who wants to come learn, you don't just punch them in the face the first time they walk in. Yeah, or, it's, I guess many times I've, I've, I feel like I've treated people better than they should. And many times I treat people worse than they should. And that's always an experience, you know, mm. I'm sure like when my first year is teaching, you know, guy comes in, my idea is he came to see how good am I. So first I'm going to kill him. Mm -hmm. Then that guy's going to be submissive to me and say, <laughs> oh, I want to be like you one day. That's, yeah. that was my idea. Cause I was like, if the guy thinks I'm good, I'm just going to be right. Like, right. Then what happens, like you create an environment that people will think the same. Everybody that comes in, they're like, oh, that's the next break. If they survive, they survive. If they don't survive, they're not tough enough. They're lady boy. You know, lady <laughs> boy, right. get out of here. Um, but within, with, with time, I've learned that it's already hard for a person to walk in the gym. Mm -hmm. The reason you walk in the gym maybe so comfortably is because you did hockey. You went to Thailand. You know, you have all this experience. But for a person to come in at a gym at first, it's very, very hard, you know. Um, one of the things that we did try to do the most at first, I told my wife and I told my friend Jimmy, he's like, look, I want to have an environment that smells good. You know, like you can, we, we're going to have blood on the mats. We're going to have, yeah. we're going to take crap out of each other, but I want a place that people walk in and the parents feel comfortable, you know, um, that they walk in and they feel comfortable of even putting their bags on the floor, you know, like pretty much this office, you guys new office, beautiful, you know, clean. It's a place that you, you feel welcome coming, mm -hmm. you know, um, we had the situation, there was two guys that came on the old gym and they walked in. I was teaching a class in my life. Hey, look at them. And they were laughing outside. They were laughing about the class, you know, and I was like, okay. So they came to the jiu-jitsu class, the next class. And I was like, hey, man, I saw you guys laughing there before class. Something funny. I was like, well, it's kind of funny, you know, because we saw this uh, MMA stuff and jiu-jitsu, whatever. And we expect a place with brick and a bunch of blood everywhere and you know, like the bags being ripped off and, you know, I was like, yeah. wow, it's, you know, we, I want a place that you guys feel, and, you know, hygiene, you know, yeah. first, you know, I don't, I personally, I don't go into mats that I don't feel safe, you know, this is my job, it's my career, yeah. 
if I stay off a week off work, my students will suffer um, without my presence there. So I can afford to be getting skin infection, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. So a clean, a clean gym, it's is priority. Yeah. You know? um, and it was funny because they're like, we expect this to be, you know, but then they laughed and they're like, one the guy, the one of these guys, he forgot his wedding ring. And it's been nine years. The ready ring is two there. So he never came back to me. Never came back no. for it. No way. The guy that left because the training looks right. too, too soft. That's what he said. Uh -huh. you know, I was like, well, it looks too soft because everything's clean and organized. And the pads are all like, I'm OCD. You know, it's like at the gym, like everything is like lined up. The mats, if it's a little bit offline, if there's hair on the mats, you know, I try to keep it clean. Cause yeah, that's good. I train at the dream gym for me as a student, you know, even though I own the gym and, you know, like I, I hate the title owner because people always think I'm there to make the money. I'm there to make them better and I'm there to make them better for me. Yeah. You know, if, if they're better training partners, they're going to make me better and vice versa. So I don't, you know, I, I do care of, you know, making the money that's what feed our family and everything. But if I don't have good things to offer, right. the money won't come. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a lot of times I've seen people talking about, getting a loan and getting investments. Oh, I got my black belt. Now I'm going to open the gym. You know, yeah, like I'm yeah. going to make money now because I got my black belt. The easiest part of owning a gym, it's teaching a class. I'm sure the easiest part of being a chiropractor is that just people. Don't you wish yeah, you could right, do that just right. all day and just guys, oh, but you got to fix the phone. I don't care. I just, I just people, <laughs> right. that's my job, you know? So people don't realize that. And as stressful as it is, it pays off because Every time I go, my students, I recommend them. I was like, Professor, I'm going to Texas. I was like, please visit a gym. I'm going to Virginia. Right. Please visit a gym. They come and my heart just fills up because I'm like, man, like we're doing something wrong. Because like, our gym is huge. Yeah. Our gym is clean. Our gym is organized. And our gym is good with the instruction. I was like, yeah, it's good. Yeah, that's great. I almost look for things that we are doing wrong instead yeah. for things to do better. You know, it's like if we're messing something up, I wanted to make it better. Yeah. You know, even even the music, it changes within time. So like my kids' classes are earlier, we got more like a soft music, no yeah. no, you know, no cursing or anything. <laughs> By the time it's nine o'clock at night and people are sparring, you, you hear dogs being in your life, you know. <laughs> um, which, you know, it, like I said, there's an environment for everyone. Even little rules that we we have, a lot of times people think it's too rough or too hard, you know, like you want to be able to walk with your daughters there mm -hmm. and you want to be able right. to walk with your wife there and you want to be able to walk with your yourself, you know, not feel threatened, feel like you got a great yeah. training, you know, be respected. And most of it, like that I do, I get excited as well is how many connections we have made with people within the gym, guys, students that have federal jobs, right? guys that, you know, change your lives because of they met somewhere at the gym. We just had last year the first Spartan baby, which is two students that were in class. They started dating and they yeah, got married. That's cool. And they had they move out of state and they 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 made sure to send it to us. Like, look, this is the first Spartan baby. You yeah, know, that's it's pretty cool. that's pretty cool. cool. We have students that move to other places and they they have a shirt or a, a, a sweatshirt or something. They make sure they send pictures. You know, there's one of the kids who was in a somewhere up north like maine or somewhere and the guy saw the jack is like man i trained with kids i was like what <laughs> that's cool so it's pretty pretty amazing you know i feel like i was talking about my childhood looking back i 
I went to Brazil 13 years after 13 years now, um, less, not this January, but the last January. And there was a mix of pride and sadness because yeah. majority of my friends were unable to reach what we have reached, but not just because they haven't tried, it's because the country doesn't give you opportunity. You know, they, some of them just quit when it was a little bit, when they're almost getting to their, their objective, you know, um, it doesn't get any easy for anybody, but it's, uh, I don't feel as happy as I should if I don't see people that I like doing well, you yeah. know? So yeah. normally here I get pretty excited because pretty much all the, the friends that surround me, my students, you know, like a good majority of them are succeeding, you know, they're, they're getting track on, and it always starts from one little thing. Sometimes they change a little diet. Yeah. And they, because they're changing the diet, they start exercising a little more. They give better effort at work. They get a promotion. They change lives, you know, just things like that. Like we talk about the health all the time. Um, I think I've made a lot of changes since I've started the treatment here because I want to make that treatment work, you know, for you guys to make that work for me and I don't, stretch i don't exercise i don't eat better i'm pretty much ruining right. the work that you do right. you know and in jiu-jitsu it's martial arts in general it's like that you always held accountable because you have somebody that's going to demand of you yeah so if you eat crap you know you had a good round with me today and you eat crap today i eat good today we're gonna go roll tomorrow we're gonna spar tomorrow and you don't do well you're being a liability for me i'm right. gonna look for a better partner yeah, I'm gonna tell you, hey man, catch up. We gotta, we gotta get better on this, you know. So, we normally have people like that at the gym. Yeah, you know, in jujitsu in general, people, our friends are a bunch of bullies, you know. Like I've gained a couple pounds, and like, dude, you're fat as well, you know. Like, which is good, you know. We and we're a little bit more old school, you know. Yeah. If you say that to some people nowadays, they get pretty, <laughs> they like pretty offended. Yeah. yeah. Is I, there anybody that intimidates you at all? Like, like oh, you're say you're question. walking, say you're walking down an alleyway. Could there be a person that that walks past you and you're like, oh, I think, look. I mean, I couldn't say I won't be intimidated. I, I would be intimidated by a lot of people. I'd say size or, you know, like, yeah, I won't say I won't fight them. <laughs> and the only guy that, you know, and I think it's a very common, um, very common answer, which with everybody that knows they're in common is my older brother. Oh, really? He's a elite team in Brazil, police officer, like for like just uh, high level stuff, kidnapping, bank robbery. And he's a eight degree black belt in jiu-jitsu. He's wow. the guy that pretty much, my father was older than me. My father had me at 53. Oh. So 51. So my, my older brother had, uh, my difference in between me and him is 24 years old. So... He played more of that figure of professor, yeah, father. Yeah, yeah. I've seen him fighting. I've seen him going operations. You know, I've, yeah. it's a guy that normally when I see him, I, I look kind of to the <laughs> sides and pretty much anyone. He's just got that. Yeah. It's not even like he tries. It's a deaf, calm stare. That <laughs> I, I think about it all the time. And I was like, man, like, I think he would be the dude. And obviously the respect that I have for him for being the guy right. that pretty much I inspire, I aspire to be as good as him, be a good teacher like him, be a, be a good uh, uh, role model like he is, you know? Um, but yeah, he's, he's been, 
He's been through a lot of crazy stuff. Like I can imagine know, on, on some operations in Brazil. So it's well, there was a book called Green Lights by Matthew McConaughey. Have you heard of it? It's no. a so he talks about growing up. He grew up in Texas, but one of the things that he his dad would always kind of be hard on him and pick on him and call him a little kid until one day he basically stood up to his dad and said, you're not going to call me that anymore. And his dad said, do something about it. And then they fought and he beat up his dad. And then from that day on, they were like buddies. So that's how he graduated from being a a little kid to being now you're like my peer. I've, I've had discussions with my brother. I've, we've, we've been at it before, mostly because of the respect, but I, I, it's one of those things that you don't want to know. Like, <laughs> it's one of those things you don't want to find out. You know how yeah. if we would fight and I would beat him up and right. I, I don't think you I don't, don't see an end of that. Right. I don't see him losing a fight and and just right. saying I lost. I don't see me losing a fight to say I'm lost. So yeah. I'd see both dads and you know better like, not yeah. to do it. Yeah. What about your dad though? Did you ever fight your dad? I haven't fought my dad, but I used to play. This is pretty funny because I tell my students, my my dad was so relaxed, you know, as older. He has fought Valitudo, which back in back in the day, Valitudo was a different rules for MMA. I mean, they call MMA for pussies. It's like, look, MMA, <laughs> MMA is for girls. Yeah. You know, like you MMA need to is, make a T-shirt this, for that. This <laughs> is not that. real. My, yeah. my father used to like go crazy when we would put shin pads on. You know, like right. so, it was just all bare, bare knuckle, bare, bare knuckle, and no rules whatsoever. Wow. So, like, you know, if the guy's on the ground, you can stomp, you can elbow any direction, you can, you know, like, you can grab the guy's balls, you can pull the hair. There's, there's fights, the guys pulling the hand, just throwing elbows on the guy's freaking head, and the mentality was not quit. You know, those guys would fight for honor, no matter wow. how much money you give them. Like, you representing jujitsu. So, you know, I've seen guys like I've, I've seen a video. In a room, maybe twice the size of this, 57 minutes, no off guard, just no stoppage. The reason it stopped because the fight stopped and it was uh, like you you slaughter pig. It was like so oh much blood gosh. on the ground and everybody pretty much um, mutually agreed to stop the fight. But the guy that was bleeding was fighting everybody to allow him to fight. You know, so Jeez. the honor, um, it's something that. It's hard to explain. Yeah. You know, like sometimes I put my students to roll a little hard. Roll, which is no striking or anything. I'm too tired and, you know, this sucks. This hurts. Man, like, if you know what we've been through, like, right. to be able to have that confidence, then you would appreciate that type of training, you know. We call hazing. You yeah. Know, like guys, yeah. you know, like, pretty much in training, you can quit. My brother would walk sometimes just in training, normal training, have all no gi, like, just regular, like, bare, bare shirt. And he would, like, slap you on the back, you know. <laughs> And the reaction is what? Scream. Ah, you know, if you scream, you're out of the training immediately. Wow. And this would come randomly. Yeah. You, know, yeah. you train, pow, and it just. Oh, no reaction. That's teaching you. That's a teaching. Yeah. It's not the method that most people will probably think is going to be good. But man, a guy that's able to endure that, you're going to take a punch in the fight and he's going to look down and he's going to, like, you're dead. Yeah. He's not going to react with emotion. Yeah. <laughs> you know? You're going to be calm, nice, and relaxed. And, and there's many law enforcement, military guys I've talked to. Before and after they've done jujitsu, their confidence increased tremendously. Right. You know, those guys that are law enforcement, they're like, look, this is almost bad for me. Because now I go to pull over a car and I don't feel like I even Zero, need to yeah. pull my weapon, you know. Even if the guy with the weapon, I feel confidence I'll be able to take it. I was like, dude, calm down, <laughs> you know. But, you know. 
it that's the problem with us sometimes like we we overthink of ourselves yeah, yeah. but we don't train enough you know like yeah. to me it's always backwards i i like to you know most people are like oh you're so good you're so tough i was like man i'm not good enough you know yeah. i lost you know i gotta get yeah. better i today my students swept me oh that's not good shouldn't happen you know yeah um so i think a big part of martial arts is that the accountability and the honesty to yourself i can lie to you guys and tell you hey i'm in great shape and i'm gonna yeah. do this and then the end of the day i gotta go train right we say that two phrases that it's very common and very symbolic in jiu-jitsu in jiu-jitsu is that um the black belt only cover two inches off your ass the rest you gotta cover yourself so <laughs> if you're fighting like it doesn't matter i mean you guys can go right. to amazon right now and buy good. a black belt yeah you walk you walk in my gym but right. guess what you're gonna have guys that are gonna <laughs> test your black belt. oh yeah and the other one is i forgot <laughs> One is like leave your ego, shoes, and problems right. off the mats. You know, so a lot of times people come in with an ego. The first thing mm -hmm. that you like when you walk in the gym, I my recommendation to everyone: go like you know nothing. Be yeah. a student. Be a be a humble person. You know, like I've I do workouts with my students. You know, there's some of my black belts that I do let them ruin my training. And when I'm done, the student, you yeah, know, I get nothing to say. I'm, you know, it doesn't matter my prior experience. They're teaching me a technique. I have to be a completely wide open to understand. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. I'm sure you guys get training all the time. You have to be humble and understand the the teaching. You know, the the class. Yeah. So it's it's one thing that I feel like it helps me a lot. You know, be able to. Do you guys do you guys teach um, like self defense stuff? Like even with if somebody was attacking with a weapon or anything yeah, like that, so is in, that part in of jujitsu? Like we don't do it as often as we should. We have like a a, a variety of classes yeah. that we do work with self defense. In our belt as a requirements for the belt progression, there's a lot of techniques of self defense. So you got to know how to defend a slap on the face. You got to know how to take take care of a kick and immobilize the opponent. Um, some of them, you know, if stick, baseball bat, knife, you know, all mm -hmm. that stuff. But those goes to the more advanced class, yeah. advanced class, the gotcha. purple belt and above. Um, and a, a lot of times, my jujitsu has changed a lot because the the time that my father taught, the majority of the people would come to jujitsu to learn how to defend themselves, learn mm. to get in shape, you know, yeah, um, do something different. A lot of times now people look, for example, I have a lot of competitors in my gym. People look for gym. They'll offer you the best jujitsu for competition. So they're planning on competing. The thing about jujitsu competition, a street fight, they're completely different. Yeah. A jujitsu grappling match, I can grab a gi, I can pull the guy into my legs, you know, I can go into the ground. In self-defense or street fighting or MMA, they the approximation of jiu-jitsu is very different like yeah. you can you know a lot of times those strikes you know so you, you can allow yourself to be too comfortable in some positions um so i i when i teach i like to break down the techniques and explain to them when can i use in the street when can i use yeah. MMA? when can i use it in gi and when can i use a no gi mm -hmm. you know because i can't rely on grabbing you right now with that shirt so I'm gonna have to grab your arms, but I'm gonna have to grab your neck, gonna have to grab your legs. Yeah. Um, but then that's just grappling. But now you can punch me. Right. But now you can elbow me. But now you can knee me. That's MMA. 
But now you can headbutt me. You can bite me. You can pull a knife. Street. You can pull a gun now. So there's yeah, like there's a lot of progression there. there. It's it's, it's uh, fighting it's would be the worst. Have uh, you ever got bitten really hard in I've a fight? Had, by my younger brother, his two. <laughs> where where did he get you? The arm. Did he? Yeah, yeah. And did it leave big teeth marks oh, yeah. all the way through? Oh, yeah. This oh. was uh, when I was a kid and stayed for for months and months. Yeah. Was your mom so mad at him? Not really, because nah, we used to fight all the time. <laughs> um, we, my father was kind of like not incentivized, but if we were fighting, he pretty much let him let see. Let it go. Yeah. yeah. Like, see who's the chicken that's going to run first. Right. Like, we, I mean, you guys, I'm a little bit younger than you guys, I believe, but we grew up in a great time. Yeah. You know, like we, I agree. we could ride bikes and, you know, you could be chatted up and. We would come home and hide the bruise to not tell our parents <laughs> and if you know like nice nature each other um i've i've had that i was telling one of my friends we, we went out last week in the pens i think we live the best juvenile time ever like right. i don't think the kids today would have as much fun as as fun as yes. we did you know um, yeah and again sure. we we're all three born in three different countries yeah. but i'm i'm pretty sure all you've been us we were in Canada at the time yeah. when you were 17. Yeah. Right? So I'm sure we have, yeah. even though we're different countries, we still have the great experience. Oh, yeah. 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 I don't trade it for anything. I, I'm sure if, I just wish we could record like the kids do nowadays. Yeah. All that stuff, cool stuff. Oh, that would be, can you imagine if there was videos of you when you were <laughs> yeah. 16 years old? We used to play a game in Brazil. <laughs> uh, there used to be, we would make a little pile of sand, like a little, little dune. And you put like a stick round top. So everybody have to pull a little bit, pull a little bit. Yeah. And whoever drops the stick have to run in a mark that was like 50 meters, you know, maybe 100 yeah. yards. Touch the, the pole. But until they touch the pole, it could beat the crap out of them. <laughs> so was, I remember that game. I was like, man, like I could imagine like me telling the parents, hey, I'm going to put the kids who play this game. <laughs> Flying kick on the face, you know, like slapping, punching. Um we didn't die, you know. I, yeah. I and I and that's the craziest thing. I've never got a bad injury, like doing those right. things. You know, like there's. I mean, I got hurt. Did enough. you guys have WWF or WWE like the wrestling stuff too? No, I never got like, I mean, Brazil. It's it's it was, it's fighting. Like it's <laughs> not everything. It's like every game, everything. Like it, it changed a lot. I, yeah. Some games I told my my little brother. I was like. Um, we used to play like this. What you guys used to play like that? Um, it it has changed, but we used to play like super rough. Yeah, carnival. There was like a it's a it's a very common like neighborhood wars. So if you live in one neighborhood, in your neighborhood next to you, you play like uh, eggs, like wars. So like. 30, 40, 50 kids together, you know, just like throwing eggs on the middle of the street, just throwing <laughs> eggs at each other. Um, you know, we we're never able to get a, like a ball. Like for you to buy a soccer ball in Brazil at the time, it was like a, a privilege. You know, really? it saved like weeks to buy a soccer ball, and then instead play regular soccer, we'd play like kick the ball in each other as hard as you could. You know, like, <laughs> things are like I I truly just believe rough. yeah, just rough. Yeah. yeah, and I think I think a lot of it because of the area they live more like a poor area. You know, there's no. Yeah. If you have a TV, it's a privilege. We had the TV and, you know, like there's times that, that my neighbors would come to our house to watch the, the news that were coming up or you, or you have the telephone that's like public. So you live on the first street and the phone rings, somebody from third street would run to your house. Hey, somebody's calling, go there before <laughs> the credits run out, you know. Um, 
many things are just like that. And I, yeah. I, I came from a rough early life as far as, you know, not having money and, you know, be, I have great role models. My mom, my father always worked, you know, I've, I also have great role models the other way around things that I didn't want it to be. Um, and by not having those things and actually earning here, it made me appreciate so much, yeah. you know, like I, I literally like there's little things that I have that I'm like, man, I love this. I'm so glad that I have yeah. this, you know, like sometimes I drive my car and I was like, man, like this is a dream, you know, like, and I don't think people that, that just live here, that just got things, you know, like because of the parents, they, they, are, yeah. they don't realize, yeah. you know, and it's not, this is great. I wanted to right. give my daughters that, you know, but I'm also afraid for them not to know what it took for them to right. for us to get in there you know um it's super important for us to make them work you yeah know? like i told uh told my wife one of the things are our older one she's six she's gonna be seven so we're already like man things are flying by and we decided like when she it's time for her to drive i want to give her incentive to buy a car but i want her to right. even if she commit for 30 dollars a month to pay for her car i want her to do right it, you know because yeah, that's good it would teach her it would teach her how to how to do things yeah. you know i came to us with 500 dollars no english that's, that's like crazy people, people tell me anything like all the time and i just laugh at them oh my life and this right. and like dude like there's opportunity in this country at anywhere at any time like yeah. if you if you walk in my gym and you know like you you out of work and you really want to work even if I can't find the job before you at the gym, I guarantee you I'll find you someone. For yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. But I guess people, they want to have VIP status. They want to have likes on Instagram. They have all right. that stuff rather than, you know, to me, it's almost like a priority of now having things that I want. Yeah. Like, you know, I, I joke because people are like, oh, what are you investing on? I was like, you know, right now. Like, what do you, you don't think about when you're 89 as not really. It's like, I'm not going to be there to enjoy it. You know, right, right. it could, God forbid me, I could Who leave knows, here, right. crash my car. And, mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. You know, you didn't enjoy none of that. So I, I like to anything I have and I can, I, I like to do, you know, yeah, that's awesome. I want to hear just briefly, what does a week look like for training? Like what you mentioned already, you, you put in two training sessions this morning. What does like a full week look like for you? So, I mean, uh, as far as a competitor um, and the teacher, so I pretty much have the two different schedules if depending on what I'm doing. Normally I'm teaching four or five classes a day. That's oh, wow. that's every day, which it, within those classes, I do a lot of rounds with my students. So if they're in the class, not normally I do the complete class, but I'm there practice with them, rolling sure. with them. But if I'm training for competition, I try to do at least two hours of training a day for rolling. So like, Jiu-jitsu wise. On the know, ground, like, yes, like, yep. like practicing and rolling. And then one hour of physical like uh physical training, like a personal training. I have a twice twice a week now. Like weights? You're like yeah, doing like weight. more more like body weight and mobility because okay. if you lift too heavy, it creates overload in your joints. And for jujitsu, a lot of times it's you not a good that. thing. Yeah. I, I personally like to feel my body like mobile. Yeah. Like I feel yeah. strong, but I feel like I can't have the mobility. There's yep. a lot of people even my students, they become really strong, but they lose mobility. Yeah. So you get put guy in positions like there's guys that can't touch their head. Yeah. For me, that's a shoulder lock. You know, so if I if Easy, I'm able yeah. to put you here, you tap it. While a person can go much further back, it's gonna be more sure, difficult to that tap makes them. Sense. So um 
depending on if I'm I'm closer to a competition, then less weights, you know. But if I'm further from competition, then more weights. Gotcha. Um, okay. I like to do a cardio, so usually like I go to the called the devil bike, the assault bike. Yeah. Which you do the air dying. The arms, yeah. Um, and those I vary. I usually do like if I'm cutting weight for competition, I do longer a period. So I do like six, eight, ten miles, just good pace. Just on there, yeah. Or a lot of times I do twenty ten intervals. So I do twenty seconds as fast as you can go and 10 seconds kind of flowing nice. and then 20 for like eight, 10 rounds, you know, um, this camp, like I did try to focus more into my, my, my game, jujitsu game. Um, I did work out and everything, but my mentality was kind of like be more technically prepared for, which it, I did fail, but you know, strategically I made the mistakes. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, one of the things that I do feel that I should do more, it's analyze my opponent's strategies before, which usually I, like I said, I do an x-ray. I go there and I look at them and I, depending on their body type size, I know which moves I'm going to use. Right. Like a, a guy with thick neck, usually I'm not going to go for chokes. What would you do on Randy? Um, Definitely guillotines, chokes, you know. Because <laughs> I have, a, is my neck thick? A, would you consider me a bit thick neck? Like good head on him. Yep. Um, good neck i would do the thing that you taught me to do when someone pulls out a weapon and i would just run away as fast as i <laughs> could you'd have to catch me that's first the best self-defense advice i can give from run. someone you know um run you know avoid the fight yeah you know I, as i said i as i got older i feel like i'm more i'm more afraid of getting a fight because me getting a fight when i'm gonna win you right know, i'm gonna hit someone Unless I'm getting attacked, I'm not going to attack them. But yeah. if, even if I attack them, even if I defend myself, I'm only, I'm the only one to lose, you know? Yeah. I've, uh, if I, if I strike the guy, break my hand, I'm going to be months, yeah. months out of training, right. out of teaching. That's, um, I, on, I only ever wanted to fight big guys in hockey because if I beat them up, then I beat up the big guy. If I got beat up, got I mean, beat he up was the big eight guy. inches taller <laughs> yes. than me. What yeah. am I going to do? <laughs> That's a good strategy. <laughs> Um, but you know, it, it's one of those things. I, I have a magnet, man. Every time I go somewhere, people want to just, my wife is like, we joke sometimes shoulder. Yeah. We, we're about to walk in a restaurant. I was like, watch. And it really is normally the guys there, you know, like, yeah, you can see the posture just shows up. And normally that's what I do. Like we went to, a, <laughs> we went to a place. I'm not going to say where, but it was in town. And I, I barely go out. I like to stay home. You know, if I have a drink or two, I, I like to stay home. Yeah. I love home. It's my yeah. favorite, favorite place to be. But I do go out sometimes. And there was this punching machine, like the record machine punching oh, yeah. thing, you know. Um, so a couple of my students were there. That was a record set. And it's like 800 something. So I came and I was joking around. And I did, I did beat the record. No, actually... As I walk in there, I've, I felt like my students would hype me up. Yeah. Everybody kind of drink. And they're like, oh, you got it, blah, blah, blah. So this guy was sitting next to us, next to the table. He's like, oh, my buddy just hit the, uh, hit the record. You better be careful so you don't break your hand, you know. So I was like messing around. And I just I beat the record right away. <laughs> and then right away, it was like within like five, six minutes, you could see all these bikers. Like they're sitting down, like kind of looking around. And they're like... The guy comes yeah. and he tries to, and he's like, kept trying, kept trying. And and right away, when they knew that the guy couldn't be, and I did it like, I, you know, if I'm drinking, you're never going to see me like mad. Right, I'm, like, right. I'm laughing. I'm the biggest like yeah. laugher. Yeah. So 
I could see right away that they became like threatened. They were not laughing right. anymore. And they're like, oh, so, you know, like, so he wants to try the punch or whatever. And we're like, look, it's it's not worth it for me to get in a fight for a bunch of bikers. If I beat all of them up, right. what do you think is going to happen? They're going to take their bikes and they're going to go home right. and just, oh, good, good job. We got beat up. They're going to try to shoot me. They're going to try to stab me. They're yeah. going to try to do whatever they can to beat me. So I'm, yeah. I'm not getting to that. It's, you know? Um, yeah. There's one thing that I learned in Brazil is knowing how to get in and how to get out. Yeah. Know, there's times that you you got not gonna be able to avoid the confrontation. You gotta get you. But yeah. the more and more I see now, you know, I I rather be the the coward, the scared, yeah. the afraid, than be the tough guy. You know, the yeah. tough guy many times. That's a good uh, point. Tough guys fall. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. So kind of in closing then, I'm curious if there's anyone who you really look up to who's like a mentor other than your family or if there's anyone else you think we should have on our podcast. Um, Several guys that I do look up to as far as my sports, things that I do. Um, John Jones, as far as like the, the pinnacle of the sport of mixed martial arts, mm -hmm. um, you know, obviously had some personal issues, you know, in his life and everything. But a guy that I've seen as the most devastating guy, we actually trained with, under the same coach, Stone Horse. He's a Muay Thai coach. So pretty much majority of my striking came from the same same coach. We learned from the same school. And a guy that I've met quite a few times as a person, like a great, great guy, you know. So um, someone that just became the heavyweight champion again in the UFC after so many years of doubt and, you know, yeah. people knocking on them. Because it's... It's pretty easy for you to receive compliments when you're on top. Yeah. You know? And then that's the thing that I I measure my people that I look up to, the idols and all that. Not when they're on the top, but right. how, how they, they how yeah. they react when things don't go well, you know. So I think uh for you to come back with all this doubt, trash talking, everything and be able to yeah. be the, the heavyweight champion with I was wondering Wait. if you, I actually had that written down. Like, would you ever fight John Jones? We had a match that we were supposed to do, actually, in grappling. Um, really? They had a purse of $20,000, but he didn't want to accept. Wow. Um, I've talked to his coaches. Wow. I've competed against two of his coaches. One of them I beat, one of them he beat me. And we talked at Worlds. I was like, man, I'll give you a percentage. Because all I wanted for, him, for me, it, it, I truly believe I could have beat him in grappling, right. and for me, it would give me a good exposure. Yeah, um, just what I needed for people to look like who I was and to get into the UFC and all that at the time. And um, they have a list of guys that were supposed to be on the list, and I talked to my buddy. I was like, "Man, I'll give you a percentage, right? If you just set the fight up and tell him to do it." He's like, "Gibson, we're looking at a list, and we're just like swiping the phone, like almost like a Tinder thing." You know, it's yeah. like. This guy, no, this guy, yes, this guy. And then he's like, we saw you. I was like, that guy? Nope, 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 nope. <laughs> so, um, and I get it. For him. Nothing to gain. Yeah, if he loses to you. He's, he's amazing. And like every yeah. time I met John, it, um, we've been, we had a great time. And um, it would make me, like, if I would get in the UFC, it would make me in the history right away. We have a picture, like, John's got the longest reach in the UFC. At the time, it was like 85 or something like that. Mm -hmm. We have a picture like leaning on each other and he's kind of leaning back. So my reach was longer than him. And he's like, what the heck? He's 6'4 and I'm 6'3. So he's taller. Yeah. But my reach is still longer than him. Wow. You know? So we're, we're kind of joking everything. But um, one of the guys that, that truly like admire the tenacity and the devastating moves. Right. You know, it's just, I, when I fought, when I fight MMA, 
I'm not there to play. You know, it's something that I've, I truly like. I train thinking I'm gonna die in that cage. I'm gonna embarrass my family. I'm gonna get my teeth knocked out. Yeah. I'm gonna bleed to death. I'm gonna lose eye. Like I think the worst. You know, so I can train for the best. <laughs> yeah. Um. I had fights. I have an MMA fight that lasted 26 seconds for a guy because six six times a uh, knockouts, six knockouts in less than a minute. And at that fight, I can remember I was like. One blink and I'm gonna be in a in a stretcher and I'm gonna be seeing these light lights in the hospital. Thank God it happened the other way around. But nice. yeah. as much as it happened to him, it could have happened to me. Right. You know? So fighting, it's um, I truly trust my jujitsu because we usually say in grappling there's no luck. In striking, there's a luck. Yeah. Any of you throw a punch at me without me looking, or if I blink and you throw a punch at me, most likely it's gonna be like a light switch. I'll be out. You know, um, in jujitsu. For any of you guys be able to tap me, grapple me, and be able to choke me and, you know, get out of the positions that I would put you into, yeah, luck is not going to help you so much. <laughs> and it, I mean, don't get me wrong. Athleticism, strength, you know, yeah, um, yeah. there's things that will help you. They won't get you out yeah. of there. You know, so <laughs> it's... Uh, I wouldn't even, wouldn't even consider that. Jiu-Jitsu, like, I, I, I got so used to it. It's my whole life, you know. But it's pretty cool to see... When a person that has no idea what jujitsu really is coming to the gym, great shape, oh yeah, and man, like they get helpless, get like they get helpless. I had a friend that was a three times Pan American champion um, of triathlon in Brazil. So he'd do the the swimming, the run, and the the bike, you know. Yeah. So he would play soccer with us, like in the neighborhood. And I was like, Marquinhos, man, you gotta come one day to jujitsu, you know. He's like, Nah, man, you know. I was like. Super athletic guy, you know. He came to jujitsu and he was dying, like, like, <laughs> yeah. like within minutes. He's like Gibson. I can't explain this. He's like, there's like my fingers are hurting, my my ear is hurting, my neck, you know, my neck, like everything that my body's moving for everything, and I can't control my cardio, my breathing. Right. I was like, because there's different tension, different pressure, different pace at every single minute. Yeah. I can go from one to a hundred using zero pounds to a thousand pounds right away you know, so it goes it changes pace fast and i i usually am known for that for being like very peaceful on the match and all of a sudden just change the right. change the rhythm and get it you know so yeah. that's one of the things that's again strategy you know yeah yeah when you change the rhythm of the the technique or the pace of the technique it's harder for them to dictate so right. you never know when i'm gonna go fast or hard or, or uh slower you know yeah yeah so, it's crazy i'm sure in hockey should be like that a little bit hot <laughs> you know space, i like got touch passes well i i thought i was in great shape. i was on the treadmill working out lots but i just went and played hockey for my first time in a few years and it's impossible to get into hockey shape without actually playing hockey yeah because yes. you go as hard as you can for a minute and a half and then you get 30 seconds off but it's different muscles and different and that's the thing i explain level. to people too what makes you good at jujitsu is jujitsu what mm -hmm. makes you good at boxing boxing yeah what makes you good that capoeira is going to be capoeira yep. you got to do those specifics first and right. everything else is a addition to it you yeah. know this is addition to my jiu-jitsu you yeah. know if i didn't if i wasn't doing the adjustments laser and decompression my jiu-jitsu wouldn't be as good right. as it is now yeah. but then if i did this and that but ate unhealthy it would right right not you know uh, so yeah. my my brother usually usually say that the training the food, the sleep, the rest, the hydration, the supplementation, 
those things nobody should even talk, talk about. Those are the minimum you yeah. should do. Mm-hmm. Minimum standard, yeah. The extra is a psychologist, right. you know, like when you get to that level, you know, like Olympians, they even take the steroids, you know? Right. So like for you to get to that level, man, you can't even keep up with your diet, you know? Right. You can't even wash your uniform. Yeah. You know, like I, one of the things, jujitsu gyms, they're very common to have people come in as they wish. So if you have a class at 7.30, there's people that show up at 7.50. That's unfair to you because you roll, you train for 20 minutes while that guy's coming in right. 20 minutes late. Also, it's giving you a, a, a bad example of uh, commitment, right? I have an appointment with you guys at one o'clock. I should show up five minutes before. Right. It shows my respect for you. Right. You know? So if with martial arts, we're teaching that without people even knowing. Yeah. My father, good. you guys going to like this. My father... The first connection they had with jiu-jitsu was Helio Gracie teaching at a magazine. So you have techniques at a magazine and there's no TV, no anything. So you see he did that techniques and tried to practice with his friends, you know. Yeah. His second teacher was in the Air Force in a battleship, like a naval ship. And his instructor, Takeo Yano, he was Japanese, straight from Japan. Yeah. Our lineage is very unique because my father had learned from the Japanese and from the Gracies. Um at the door where where the neighborship door was was a very narrow door with a bar around the center of the door literally a, a make no sense a bar across the door yeah so every day people like man we gotta take this crap off like you know to who soldered this you know like this this bar is on the way so people some people go over some people go under and then they finally came like who did this they finally realized it was Takeo and he's like why'd you do this for it's like well you guys, uh, Occidentals, are very uh, disrespectful. It's hard for you guys to teach you rules, to teach you uh, humbleness. So you know what I did? I did that for you guys to bow into my mats every time you walk on the mats. <laughs> so every time they have to go on the mats, they right. have to go under the bar oh, without knowing they're Yeah, the that's good. After that's they good. took it out the bar, everybody bows into the mats. Yeah. It's like I've, I've I got tired of explaining to people that the mats is a sacred place that you have to bow, right. you have to show the respect. And man, like... Martial arts, you know, yeah. like I have students, I'm sure without them knowing they show up on time because jujitsu. Yeah. You know, the kids, I tell them all the time. I was like, your gi, it's not your parents' responsibility. It's your job. You get home, you, you Clean oh, I don't know how to wash my gi. That's something you're going to ask your parents to teach you and you're going to learn. I don't, yeah. I don't care about your laundry. That's not my right, job. But right. your gi is your responsibility. Your gear, when you take care, when you get to the house, you're not just going to leave it in the car. You're going to take, you're going to let it air dry. Parents, sometimes they don't realize because they don't hear us teaching over there. Kid yeah. comes in and like, yes, sir. My kid never said yes, sir, to me before. <laughs> right. It was like, right. well, because in class they have to say yes, sir. You know, so I am pretty tough sometimes on the kids, but 99% yeah. of the times good, I get though. parents, they're like, man, like my kids are not the kid. Right. And not, they're not. I'm not building cocky kids. They're going to think that they're better right. than the others and be disrespectful. They're humble, but don't test them. Don't try to intimidate or yeah. bully them because you get it as well. I get, I get parents all the time. Like I've, I've got quite a few videos. Like I, one day I'm going to make a collection of like, look, I'm so proud. The kid defending themselves. I was like, look, right. don't, don't make the advertising <laughs> for me, but you know, kind of, yeah. it's good to get cool. proud because I'd rather them be the ones that were defending themselves right. than being the ones that they, Kids go viral, getting bullied and all right. that, you know, yeah. um, which is something that 
I am on a process of working to see if I'm I'm creating a project for our gym to work with parents and families that were not, uh, bullying and all that. Yeah, being yeah. bullied, but were unable to kind of pay for the kids and everything, yeah, like yeah. a fundraiser or something. You know, just sure. That's good. A lot of times, they feel helpless because they're not there. You know, I have my <laughs> my six and my four year old. My six year old, she's the sweetest. She's she don't even like even to talk with her i have to be very very sweet you know yeah. the, the younger one she's off the tracks you know <laughs> both very respectful both listen everything but one she takes things for her own like yeah. she like people like say something to her and she really gets upset and she doesn't say it back many times i've seen people joking or saying something to the other one the little one comes do not say that to her and right away stands for herself yeah you know? And that's that's kind of like the what I wanted for them. I don't want them right. to bully any kids. All my students, same thing. If if they do get get caught bullying, I've took kids out of belt tests. I've took right. kids belts, you know, because it gotta come both ways. You can yeah, just yeah. have them to have confidence and use that to beat up or bully other kids. You know. Yeah, that's good. That's they, good stuff. They can beat up each other in training. <laughs> <laughs> Man, this has been great. I feel like we could talk for hours. Uh, we really appreciate your time. Everybody check them out. Gibson underscore saw essay on Instagram or Spartan Academy. You can look that up. Um, check it out. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it. Thank you guys so much. Here. We're here for the health of it. For the health of it.